defenses. Initiate bank protocol. What is good, ladies and gentlemen? Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. We are coming to you live on Christmas Day. I hope that you've had a uh, a wonderful Christmas morning uh, and uh, a and you're having a, a restful day, maybe getting ready for your Christmas dinner with your family or your You've had your dinner. You went on your walk, you know, the pre-dinner walk, wink, wink, nudge, nudge with your cousin from out of town and uh, and you feasted and now you're resting and you decided to tune in and join the bird boys on this uh, joyous holiday. I am Palm Reader. I'm here with Otis and uh, Otis is going to introduce this week's uh, this week's film choice choices. Yes. So, so uh, why don't you take it away? Yeah, because today we're talking about a movie, sequel, you know, a franchise that has changed the course of, you know, genre, film history. You know, it's essential viewing, I would say, at this point, uh, you know, has some of the finest actors in there. If you, Like, you know, and it's like, it's crazy because like if you thought the first one was good, the second one's even better because it's like. You know, you thought you were in this place that you loved and you thought you knew the world, but then it just takes you somewhere completely different and just one-ups everything, you know, directed by just one of the most entertaining directors of all time. You know, it's Christmas, so baby, we're talking Home Alone 1 and 2. <laughs> right? We're doing Home uh, Alone 1 and 2, right? I think, I think, uh, I think you got the, uh, the concept right, but, uh, uh, but the film's wrong. I think this is a first time. No, we're just kidding, ladies and gentlemen. Obviously, we are not talking about Home Alone 1 and 2. Uh, uh, I don't even think I've seen Home Alone 2. Is that bad? I don't know. No. I don't know, man. <laughs> we are locking in and talking about something that we've recently seen. This is a fresh, yes. uh, uh, you know, fresh, hot off the, uh, the, the press uh, conversation about a movie uh, and a franchise that, uh, that has... Uh, in many ways, revolutionized uh, the the film technology, the technology of filmmaking. Yeah. Um, but also, it's from one of the uh, most beloved directors. We've talked about him before twice in this podcast, so this is the first three Pete we have. That's right. We're mm -hmm. talking Big Jim, James Cameron, and we're the entering boy, the world the of the Navi. We are talking Avatar, and we are talking Avatar to the way of the water um yeah where to start with this that was an incredible uh you you totally threw me off with that there <laughs> otis was like I'll i was introduce thinking it. about it <laughs> <laughs> he's like i'll introduce it i'll introduce it and then he just totally threw me off i that was not planned but i think we i think i think it was good you, you did a good one you, you pulled the fast yeah there's a lot of similar similarities between uh Home Alone 1 and 2 and Avatar 1 and 2, you know, they're both staples of their genre. You know, the second one completely goes to a different area. And uh, there's more sequels coming, uh, yeah, whether you know it or not. True. That's very true. <laughs> um, obviously, we'll start with, uh, with the first film. Um, yes. Avatar uh, was released in 2009, at the end of 2009. And, uh, and it was James Cameron's pet project for many years. Um, he had been working on the script since uh, at least the 90s, if not before. 
and um, and they were waiting for the technology to catch up to create this world that he wanted to create, Pandora, the Navi, and tell this story. Um, it, it is truly an epic sci-fi story. It's, uh, it, uh, on, it's on, a gift. Yeah. <laughs> It's a gift that Big Jim brings us every couple, uh, once a decade, he brings us a gift on Christmas, and it's Avatar. Uh, so, you know, I, ho- I hope he uh, becomes uh, more, cons- you know, starts coming sooner. Start, you know, I hope there's less delays between his <laughs> yeah. gifts, because these are truly, Big Jim's my Santa Claus. That's, that's, the go- that's the Santa Claus I pray yeah. to. He's coming down your coming down the chimney and yelling at you about how to look no, at the camera. No, he probably come up your toilet through the plumbing. He's, <laughs> he's a big water guy. He's a big water guy. Yeah, that's true. You <laughs> you better leave out some. Uh, you better leave out some. Um, I, I was know, trying to make seeds some, or something. Yeah, I was trying to make some joke about Pandoran uh, uh, food, but I don't even know really what they eat. So anyway, I I'll leave fruit of some sort. Leave out <laughs> some think. whale brain goo for him. Just yeah. <laughs> space whale brain goo uh, or some unobtainium uh, and he'll come up your uh, your plumbing. He'll come out of the water and he'll uh, he'll yell at you about uh, not doing the right thing in the take. And then he'll take his his gifts and go back off into the night. But yes, um, both Avatar and the sequel were uh, spent a long time in development and pre-production and production. Um, the development of Avatar, the original uh, film. Uh, began in 1994 uh, with an 80-page treatment for the film, and it was supposed to take uh, start filming after Titanic, but um, the technology wasn't there yet, and he and the other producers said, let's sit on it, let's wait until the technology becomes available. And of course, when this film released, uh, it, uh, it blew minds, it filled seats, it was uh, truly a, a cultural moment um, a lot of people look back on it and say, you know, they make jokes about how Avatar is the the least remembered, uh, biggest all time blockbuster of of mm-hmm. forever. And I think that that was true to a degree because it was such a spectacle uh, that people saw it, yeah. saw it once or twice or three times in the theaters and saw it in 3D. And then it came out on on DVD or on streaming, and people. I guess didn't revisit it as much because they felt like there wasn't enough there. I'm I'm going to argue today that that first Avatar movie has aged like wine, like fine wine. It is Yeah, I mean excellent. Even Yeah, like I I I know where you're going with that, but like just on a technical like it still looks better than a lot of CGI mocap movies today like it looks avatar from 2000 what is it 2009 still looks just as good as whatever marvel or disney like what i don't know big budget like sci-fi fantasy stuff it looks just as good if not better than most and it's 13 years old so it's crazy and the thing that i kind of you know, kind of regret is that I never saw Avatar the first one in theater. I only just saw it recently in preparation to see number two. Number two, seeing it in theater, I now understand why number one was wild because people people know, hadn't seen it was spectacle. It's it's, it's pure yeah. spectacle. It's this is the though one can argue the stories of these films 
and the dialogue uh, are a bit janky at times. And there are issues with the films. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not saying that these are perfect films, but they are perfect spectacle. Like, this mm-hmm. is like pure, uncut spectacle filmmaking at the highest level. And if you enjoy filmmaking, especially epic spectacle filmmaking, uh, this is your bread and butter. This is your, you know, inject this straight into into your veins. Like, this is this yeah, is. If you're operating. a fan of Big Jim. This <laughs> is just par for the course of what you know. Big Jim delivers exactly. Like, um, and uh, and so the first film, obviously, it was a huge hit. Uh, it was the um, the the film that. My cat's screaming in the background. Sorry. This it was the She's uh, also hype on Avatar. She loves that shit. She's Um, like, I love Navi. Uh it was a critical success um uh and commercial success. It was the uh second highest grossing movie of all time, adjusted for inflation, uh, with a total of more than three billion. Some more has been added to that. Uh recently with the re-releases, it's in the top lists of highest. Uh, grossing films of all time. It moves around within the top 10 list uh, as more films are released. I'm not going to get into the minutia of that. Just, Mm -hmm. it was a hugely huge success financially. It was nominated for Academy Awards, including best picture and best director won three for best art direction, best cinematography and best visual effects. Um, it uh, uh, led to manufacturers releasing 3D televisions and 3D films came back into popularity. He, this film was pretty much the, the impetus for the resurgence of 3D films in the early um, 2010s. Uh, yeah. um, Basically, every big blockbuster movie for the last like while has sort of been based like on what this movie created. Like, a lot of movies that had no business being 3D, like, for example, I want to say the Hobbit trilogy. I don't know why those movies were released in 3D. They weren't, I don't, I don't know, I just didn't care for them. But that they, they, they were just like, oh, 3D is a big thing. This is a big movie. Let's do it. But it's like, no, you need to, like, if you're going to do a 3D movie, it needs to be from the ground up. Like, that's how it needs to be made. And a lot of movies... You know, they thought they could just half-ass it and be like, yeah, we'll just do it it in post. And it's like, nah, nah, fuck you. It doesn't work that way. Big Jim knows how to do it right. And (laughs) you have to go and spend a decade making the technology to make blue people. Yes. So. Um, And uh, it was, it did during its uh, theatrical run, first theatrical run, it broke several box office records. It became the highest grossing film of all time, as well as uh, in the United States and Canada, surpassing himself, because Big Jim is only fighting with himself, basically. Yeah, he's Um, in a league of his own. (laughs) Literally. um, And uh, he surpassed Titanic, which had held his records that he broke again for the last 12 years. Um, it was only overtaken as far as highest grossing film in the world, uh, uh, by Avengers Endgame in 2019. Um, mm. but they re-released Avatar and it took the worldwide top spot in March, 2021. And, uh, it still is up there. Um, uh, yeah, the, this film 
Uh, critics praised its groundbreaking visual effects, the direction, the cinematography, the musical score. And of course, there was criticism directed towards its screenplay story and its lengthy runtime. But I got to say, as this film, as time has gone by and I've gone back and watched Avatar again, you know, the dialogue is cheesy at times, a little janky Mm -hmm. at times, but it's really fun. Like mm-hmm. the film is just it, it, it from the gate, you let it out and the beasts of Pandora just run rampant, run wild. And in the visuals and all of it put together, the spectacle, the technical uh, like <laughs> developments and, 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 uh, and, and the, just the, the, the gall that James Cameron had to make this world come to life in the way that it did even if the story suffers a little bit, I don't think that this movie was ever supposed to be a complex, high, high cinema, slice of life, character driven drama. Like this no, film was it's... always supposed to be we're in space, nine foot tall blue cat people flying yeah. a big <laughs> flying pterodactyl ter- things ter- pterodactyl lizard birds and- there's giant <laughs> rhino elephants like yeah. they just all of the nature is alive and like conscience like like it's insane like there's a part in this movie where like the dude Rasoli starts like flying and they're just like f- flying they just through the world and it's amazing there are few movies that like look that good it's insane and you know these are made up flying rocks in space they're not real they don't exist but like it looks better than any like star wars planet like this i don't know let's start like yeah the lore this of planet this feels real lived in it feels re- it's just real it just feels organic there like it makes sense and like they spent so much time creating a world that is lived in. Like these actors live in this world. Yeah. It's just, it's just ahead of its time in so many different ways that like, I'm throughout this whole episode, I'm just going to stop and like gush about what big Jim does because he really is just fucking like avatar was 10 years ahead of its time. The way of water, bruh, don't don't even get me started yeah, on this we'll yet, get to, but like we'll it's get insane. To that. Yeah, um, and I think that a lot of what he did has led to a lot of really cool films afterwards. Like I don't think we were talking about this earlier today with uh, with with Kenneth, who we went to see the film mm-hmm. with about the uh, I mentioned the um, uh, the new Planet of the Apes trilogy, the Caesar trilogy. Mm-hmm. I don't think those films would exist if the technology for this film. Had, or yeah. the technology wasn't created for this film or or at Pretty least much. the technology wasn't pushed to a new mm-hmm. a new level um with, yeah it's with really this. big jim and andy circus like working in tandem big jim's like making the technology and then there's people like andy circus being like what's the most weird shit that i can do with this technology and then it's like yes monkey yes. like i mean that trilogy is an underrated underappreciated yes gem that we will talk about at some point because i Mm -hmm. fucking love those movies but anyway yeah yeah it's it's this this film um is is uh uh and and the the um company weta digital 
worked on uh, on on Lord of the Rings, um, where a lot of this stuff started, uh, and uh, and then they wound up working on um, the Planet of the Apes films as well. So this is like mm-hmm. literally like a one to one connection for for from all of these films in this period of time. Uh, the, the through the development of it, like what Circus was doing with Gollum and mm-hmm. and all the stuff that was happening in the Lord of the Rings films was a precursor to what James Cameron was finally like, we can do this, we can do Avatar, but he pushed mm-hmm. it even further. And that push allowed them to be like, hey, we're going to make these monkeys, uh, these apes um, look so real that you forget that they're not real. Like in that movie, right. you forget that they're not real. In Avatar, there's a point where your brain just is like these. Sorry, I said nine foot, but they're actually ten foot tall. I'm sure there's some nine foot ones well, here. Maybe there's shorter. some short kings out there. Yeah, yeah. Some short, <laughs> some short kings in the in the Navi world is only nine foot yeah. or or eight and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Imagine Navi Tinder's like my man needs to be at least ten six. If you shorter than ten six, you ain't getting me. <laughs> You ain't getting me. If you shorter than 10 6, we are not going to the tree of souls. Um, (laughs) you will not be connected with me. We will not be soul bonding. Get the fuck out of (laughs) here. If you're not riding in like Tarak Makto, I don't want nothing to do with you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah, no. Uh, so you you forget that these 10 foot tall blue things aren't real. Like you are totally immersed in, as you said, this world that. James Cameron has created this vibrant, bioluminescent uh, jungle of 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 kind of this. I mean, there are aspects of it that are very recycled in many ways. It feels like Space mm-hmm. Pocahontas, you know, the whole yeah the story. There, what, what? there, there are aspects of the story that are you know, it's not rocket science and it's not necessarily masterwork but the world that they live in mm-hmm. and the lore and the world building and the yes it's just absolutely like, like incredible stuff and the spectacle mm-hmm. of it like when he catches that big bird and flies down and then he becomes Tarak Makto when he catches the Tarak I think that's what it's called yeah. or or whatever uh, and he flies down bird. on that big bird <laughs> and pulls up and it's it's like crazy you're like yeah yeah. And it's it's not you know this these movies aren't as far as script and 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 as far as like the plot of the film this isn't meant to be like mensa level stuff it's meant for everybody to be to enjoy and it's mm-hmm. meant to inspire wonder and 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 service these action sequences and service these ideas that James Cameron has and i think that there's a level of that where i can understand where people who watch these films go well the story sucks. The dialogue sucks. The characters, you know, there's not a whole lot of development. Um, they don't really, there's not a, there is some exposition in the, both of the films. Um, yeah. But there's also a lot of stuff that's not explained. Uh, and mm-hmm. and so it's just like, I can understand people watching it being like, oh, this is just like cool pictures and nothing of substance. But I think there's substance in the spectacle. Like, I think that it's, mm-hmm. oh, you're, or you're allowed to turn your brain off and go, Oh look, here's here's uh here's Natiri fighting the mech guy. Mm-hmm. This looks sick. <laughs> you know, yeah. here's, I mean here's the aptly named Hallelujah Floating Mountains. That's what a 13-year-old Christian yeah. would name it. 
And <laughs> yeah, or the fucking god is just <laughs> Yahweh like backwards. It's Awa. It's like Awa. Yeah. Much, yeah, it's just like I don't know, it's just slightly switched the word letters around. It's like but like even like the story, yeah, like the the dialogue is uh, you know, like you said, it's not the best at times, but like there's some things that like kind of give leeway for that to happen for example like the part of the movie is about like you know a communication breakdown between the humans and the navi and like you know people's uh language you know they're not able to speak navi what's the language called is it just called navi as well or like, yeah i, I think know. so i think it's just navi yeah so like they can't so like the humans some of them suck at navi so like you know the dialogue you know if you went to a new planet you know of course you're going to be speaking to people in like sort of jilted shitty broken english kind of as well but like so it kind of gives leeway to some of these points like and yeah. then and and of, and of course it's like like i said you just need to accept the fact that like this is spectacle. This is epic, epic science yeah. fiction spectacle. And not everything is going to be as polished as a small, like, you know, three room character driven drama. Um, mm-hmm. and, 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 and yeah, it's not fucking Dune. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but also, you know, uh, the, and the themes are relatively, you know, uh, James Cameron has been relatively ham fisted with the themes and the things that he's trying to get across in these films, you know, anti-imperialism, um, environmentalism, uh, self-discovery in the later films, family. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, he has said that he, he cited uh, uh, Princess Mononoke, uh, old Edgar Rice Burroughs uh, series, like John, the John Carter series, Dances with Wolves, um, other uh Miyazaki anime films um they they influenced the creation of the ecosystem of Pandora and the way that it looks and the kind of wondrous whimsical colorful ecology and the depth of it all and and also the kind of you know the 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 themes that are that existed in old science fiction films about about um you know and stories and comics about uh, clashing of cultures, imperialism, as I said, like all of these things are relatively ham fisted in the film, but it works mm. because it is so, and I hate using the word because it's so silly and it's so overused, but really mm. avatar and the way of water are epic. Like they are yes. epic films and they're so, yes, they are such epic a, films by like definition and like deservedly. Cause there are films that are considered epic films as like a genre, but like, kind of stink but these ones are like epic in name and like what they actually are yeah it's it's truly it's truly walking the walk and Mm -hmm. and they are long films each of them i think both of them are close to three i know way of water is over three hours i don't know the run avatar is like two hours 40 something minutes something like that if i remember Um, correctly but yeah they're long but like they, neither of them feel that long. Like the first one, it plays. It it, it feels like it's a two hour movie. The Way of Water also feels like a two hour movie. And like you kind of know where you are in the movie because the acts are so clearly like defined, yeah, clearly defined in the movie. Yeah. 
like this like it's very like yeah the storytelling and like the writing of the films it's very by the book very standard but like but everything it's, else it doesn't isn't. matter but everything else yeah exactly it's everything not. else around it is so bonkers and so incredibly the next level that it's just like if you know wh- why why make such like a crazy convoluted story that would either confuse people would then have less mass appeal that's the thing about avatar anybody can watch it and fully understand the story whether you're fucking 5 whether you're 85 whether you're fucking deaf and blind like you can f- you can th- fucking figure it out somehow <laughs> it's easy it's for everybody yeah and i mean it's like i said it's the, some of the themes and the p- parts of the story are very are very ham-fisted but it's done in it's so blunt because it's as you said everything the acts are very clear the themes and the stories and the the characters um uh kind of uh uh growth and opinions and change is very blunt very right on the surface because everything else is so complex so deep so advanced um that if you started making you know trying to make it very nuanced i feel like it might actually be worse People be like, oh yeah, make the writing better in Avatar. Well, what would you do? How would you? Yeah. How would you make it better so that it would it would service the every other aspect of the film that's firing mm-hmm. on all cylinders, right? Yeah, like, like look at a <laughs> look at a movie. Look at like Blade Runner back in '82 when Ridley Scott did that. Like that's like a very well written complex movie. It's also visually stunning. It got shit on. Yeah, people are like, I don't fucking get it. I don't get it. It doesn't make sense. This one, people are like, I get it. It looks awesome, sick, cool. Let's do it. Yeah, let's go again. Uh, let's go again. Big and then Jim Big figured Jim's, it out. And then Big Jim said, Yeah, we will. Uh, yeah. In a couple of years, and then every couple yeah, of years, I gotta make like, submarines first. Every couple of years, he was like, It'll come in a couple of years. It'll come in a couple of years. And thirteen years goes by or something like that. Like, yeah. um, anyway. Uh, and obviously Natiri and, and Jake Sully, Jake Sully, um, he, uh, he, I just love how they say his name. Ah, Jake Sully. Um, but he, uh, uh, Jake and Natiri's love is very reminiscent of like the star-crossed lovers theme of Romeo and Juliet or Pocahontas. You know, there are, uh, allegories and allusions to the Natiri's way of life being very, um, based upon the uh, uh, native uh, and indigenous peoples from all around the world living in harmony with nature. Um, But in this case, they actually can commune with the spirit of their planet. They can use their little, their little hair worms uh, to uh, connect with animals and connect with plants and (coughs) their tree of tree of souls and connect to their, their Awa, their God and, it's a very spiritually driven society with uh, deep roots in in the Pandoran ecosystem and and world that they live in in harmony with. Um, and so, you know, you have to. It's and it's very in your face. It's very very much in your face. But you, they need it to be in your face to explain how is it that he can catch the Torok, or how is it that he can speak to the Tree of Souls, or how is it that his soul gets taken from his dying human body and put into the avatar? Yeah. 
it's all explained in like one way or another. It, it, the movie, yeah, it builds a fantastic world. And I think, and like even the themes, like the movie's called Avatar and it's about like literally, cause like he, Jake himself is an avatar for his brother. And then he's literally, you know, then becomes an avatar thing. Like, the, the avatar. Then, like he literally switches his soul and like the way <coughs> it like presents the th- themes of like you know be like the soul and like the environment and sometimes it's in your face but like sometimes i think like big jim did it the right way because like he builds this such such a beautiful world that like you're like you know what man we should love the environment oh i think i (laughs) think that this the first film's kind of like themes as in your face as they are have only Mm -hmm. aged better because of the way yeah. society society has gone, like I think the environmental the kind of what you would view as like a as I said ham fisted environmentalism, like this kind of mm-hmm. like you know everything is one with nature, that whole mm-hmm. kind of like what at at the time people may have viewed as like ooey wooey you know like sappy climate change mm-hmm. environmentalist kind of like context and and subtext and 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 just text there's just the theme of it that in mm-hmm. 20 2009 you know we were a lot less aware of the things the damage that we've done to yeah. our climate and to our planet and since then there have been countless insane weather happenings hurricanes tornadoes storms droughts fires all of these things that we we have caused and i think that looking back on it now it's like he was just say, saying it the 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 saying the what people were talking about out loud he was just saying it like right up front like the human imperialism and human capitalism uh will will cause irreparable harm to a system we should live in harmony with and mm-hmm. um at the time people may have thought being like ah it's a bit of a of of a overstatement but now it's kind of like looking back on it it's like yeah no he was right like yeah which is hilarious that people are like yeah this you know the story kind of stuck so it's like yeah but like you know it's he's not wrong though he's He's, not wrong (laughs) he's not wrong even though he's talking about 10 foot tall space cats you know it's not wrong like this is what we're doing like we do this on a daily basis like us mining shit like yeah like what the fuck like this is yeah i don't know yeah the allegory is all there and whatnot like because that's what sci-fi is it's just a metaphor for what's actually going on in our society and it always has been so but like this movie is so immersive in its world you kind of forget that is actually about us yeah um yes very much so and uh, and that's one of the things about sci-fi is, like you said, you know, they a lot of good sci-fi takes one idea of something that that one or two ideas of things that are happening now and then pushes it far into the future or to another planet or to another dimension or whatever it is. Um, and uh, and a big portion of the first film is about, as I said, Jake Sully's self-discovery and realizing Oh wait, these Navi are not uh are not 
um, savages. They're not uneducated savages who live in the, in the woods and, and kill for fun. And the way he's introduced to them is that, you know, these, these uh, Navi are these violent, brutal pests who are, Mm -hmm. who are stopping the expansion of, of humanity and stopping us from being able to gather resources Mm -hmm. and, and screwing up our business pretty much. And uh, I mean, that's another theme that you were mentioning. And I'm sure that's just probably what you're going to get to when I just cut you off. But you, when you were telling me, you're like, oh, yeah, like this, the crazy with the things that have happened specifically in Canada and how like the mistreatment of indigenous people and like how indigenous rights are being talked about now. And the fact that this is a movie about, you know, humans going in and fucking with the indigenous people of an entirely different planet it is now just like so much more like relevant now too. Like, and that's a theme that I'm sure not a lot of people even talked about 13 years ago. Cause they're just like, Oh, it's Pocahontas. Oh, well, and I think the one thing that makes this different, cause people, people have leveled accusations of this being kind of like a white savior type story. When in reality, the story of, of this is that Jake Sully starts as a very broken and dejected man. He was mm-hmm. in the military. He lost his his abilities to walk. He is mm-hmm. given a chance to fill in for his brother and be a part of this avatar program because he is uh, genetically identical after his brother's death. <coughs> Excuse me. And, um, and then he gets saved by them. Yeah. I mean, yes, ultimately he does wind up bringing all the tribes together by catching Turok and becoming the Turok Makdo um, mm-hmm. and uh, the, the legendary warrior and all that. But also mm-hmm. it kind of makes sense because he was in the military, like he was trained to fight. So yeah. like once he kind of acclimatized himself to the Navi world and being a part of it, and he found love uh, in, in Natiri and found this deep spiritual healing there that he was willing mm-hmm. to fight with them uh, to help save them. But he also, he also brings the gunship to the tree of tree of souls and that whole scene where they blow it up and start killing a bunch of people and stuff. And very much a scene that's about, you know, genocide and, and about there are, you know, there's actually some fairly <coughs> nuanced, uh, conversations that can be discussed about certain aspects of this film, which even though they are presented in a very blunt way, um, I think over time it's aged really well. Uh, And, uh, and I think that, you know, I think that also, I mean, well, we'll talk about way of water in a a bit. Let's just set the scene for this. I think this movie is great. I think the second Mm -hmm. one was, was uh, the highs were higher. There were a couple yeah. things that I didn't. That there are a couple changes that I think I would have made, uh, but I have also only seen the second one once, so I'm gonna wait yeah. to like. I don't want to. I'm not gonna say my final piece about it. I I I'll, I do have a couple nitpicks, um, and mm-hmm. and much like this, the first one, there's a couple nitpicks that I have about it, but overall, it's great. Um, mm-hmm. and uh, and if you are seeing Avatar two. Uh, over the next couple of weeks while you're off, I recommend rewatching the first one because I rewatched it recently and I was like, dang, this is way better. It has aged way better than I yeah. 
remembered it. Um, and it's just visually great. Look, if you like to smoke legal, this is a great film to, uh, to take one to the dome and then watch because it's just so goddamn pretty, uh, and so exciting visually. Um, I'll give a quick summary of the plot of the first one and then we'll, uh, we'll go to, uh, talk a little bit about critic response. Then we'll go to the second one. So in 2154, the earth's natural resources have been depleted. Uh, they've decided to move to this moon, uh, called Pandora, um, uh, to mine a valuable mineral called unobtadium. Um, the atmosphere is mostly gaseous and humans cannot breathe it. It is also inhabited by the Navi, a 10 foot tall, blue skinned sapient humanoid kind of looks like a cat a little bit. Uh, they are a culture that lives in harmony with nature and they are found all throughout Pandora in various different tribes and groups. Um, the uh, to explore Pandora, genetically matched human scientists used Navi human hybrids called avatars. Um, we are introduced to the paraplegic former Marine Jake Sully, uh, who is brought to Pandora to replace his deceased identical twin, who had signed up to be an operator. The Avatar program program head, Dr. Grace Augustine, played by our girl Sigourney Weaver. Uh, yeah. considers Sully to be inadequate, but accepts him as a bodyguard. Uh, and because he, she's kind of pressured into it because they're, they're like, these avatars cost millions of dollars and uh, we need somebody to run this one. Um, during uh, the, uh, through this start of the film, we kind of set up everything, the, the, what the whole uh, imperialist point of view, you're introduced to uh, Colonel Quaritch, uh, who is a, um, a real mean SOB who, uh, who is there on the planet. And he is kind yeah. of like uh head of security or something. I don't know exactly what know, exactly big Southern Baptist vibes. Is that, is that the guy? Is that the yeah. main guy? The yeah. Main, yeah. Yeah. That guy. <laughs> it's funny how he plays like a fucking American in from like Vietnam. And it's like, Dude, this is like 150 years in the future. Yeah. Why are you still talking like this? <laughs> well, he's just uh he just loves the military and he loves killing. Um so uh while escorting the avatars of Grace and Dr. Norm Spellman, another character, Jake's avatar is attacked by this uh crazy black cat thing. Um, and uh that he flees in, he flees into the forest and he's rescued by the female Navi Neytiri. Um she is suspicious of Jake, but she seems to be getting signs from Awa from the planet that he is of importance. He has these little floating jellyfish things land on him, and she's like, they don't do that to anybody unless it's someone important. Uh so she takes him to her clan. Um and um and uh her mother moat the spiritual leader of the clan orders her daughter to initiate jake into their society and teach him everything he needs to know about being a navi uh around this time porich he finds out about this and he tells jake that the company will restore the use of his legs if he provides inside information about the navi uh, and their gathering place, the giant. Sorry, it's not called the Tree of Souls. It's Home Tree. My bad. Home Tree. Ah. Um, under which is a rich deposit of unobtainium. They would like 
to uh, get uh, uh, the Navi out of the tree so they can break the tree down mm-hmm. and dig up all the unobtainium. Um, Jake and Natiri, uh, well, uh, Grace Augustine, Dr. Grace Augustine, she transfers herself, Jake and Norm, to an outpost. And from there, Jake uh, spends his time learning how to be a Navi. And Jake and Natiri fall in love uh, as he's initiated into the tribe, learning various things like how to uh, catch and tame animals, uh, how to shoot a bow. And during this time, he also brokers a bit more peace between the human avatars and the Navi. And Dr. Augustine is able to rejoin the, uh, the society and start teaching children English again so that they can speak. They used to have a school there for the Navi children where they would teach them English and share information. Things are going pretty good. Um, they decide, uh, Natiri and Jake decide to, uh, choose each other as mates. Uh, and, uh, uh, then after a night of, uh, uh, crazy Navi, uh, 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 banging, um, there is a bulldozer that shows up and, uh, and Jake attempts to disable the bulldozer, uh, which was threatening a sacred Navi site. Uh, the, the humans, the company orders home tree destroyed, um, and, uh, and despite Grace's argument that destroying the home tree could irreparably or, uh, irreparably damage Pandora's biological neural network, uh, the thing that the Navi tap into when they use their little hair worms. I don't know what it's actually yeah. called. Their, their matrix I, plugin. I, I don't know. Um, there's horny follicles. I don't know. Yeah. Um, uh, they, despite the, the argument that Grace makes, um, the, uh, Parker Selfridge, the administrator, uh, gives Jake and Grace one hour to convince the Navi to evacuate. Uh, and this forces Jake to confess that he was a spy and, uh, the Navi take him and Grace captive. That's when Korich, uh, shows up with just a buttload of ships and weapons and they just go absolutely nuts destroy home tree, killing many, including Natiri's father, the clan chief. Um, Moat frees Jake and Grace, but they are detached from their avatars and imprisoned by Korich forces. Um, there is a, a pilot named Trudy Chacon. Cha- I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Is that her Chacon? Um, who no. is played by uh, um, Michelle Rodriguez. Uh, she's disgusted by the brutality and she airlifts great Jake, Grace and Norm to Grace's outposts. Uh, but Grace is unfortunately shot during the escape. Uh, Jake regains the Navi's trust by connecting his mind to that, the mind of the Torok, a dragon like creature feared and revered by all the Navi, the Navi group up at the tree of souls and, uh, and Jake arrives and pleads with Moat to heal Grace uh, using the power of Awa and the power of the planet. They try to transfer her into her avatar with the aid of the Tree of Souls, but she dies. And uh, and uh, there's a very emotional moment. But don't worry, you'll see Sigourney Weaver again real soon. Uh, supported by the new chief, Jake unites the clan and telling them to gather all the other clans to go to battle. Um, Korich organizes a strike against the Tree of Souls to no- demoralize the Na'vi. Uh, 
and Jake prays to the Navi deity Ewa by a neural connection to the Tree of Souls. Um, and uh, the uh, there's a big battle. Uh, the new chief, Sute and Trudy, uh, both unfortunately pass away during the the fight. It is a, a big, huge action set piece. And even though this is kind of a deus ex machina, the Navi are rescued when the Pandoran wildlife unexpectedly join the attack and overwhelm the humans, um, which Natiri interprets as Ewa answering Jake's prayer. Also, she sees it as a sign that he, again, is important and connected to the planet. And uh, Quaritch, um, he nearly, they finally find where the outpost is, where where the uh, humans are connecting to their avatars. He attempts to break open the uh, avatar link unit containing Jake's human body. And uh, in doing so, he exposes him to Pandora's poisonous atmosphere. And Quaritch is about to slit uh, Jake's avatar's throat, uh, but he is killed by Natiri, who saves Jake from suffocation and sees his yeah. human form for the first time. And um, then he is taken uh, to the Tree of Souls. Um, uh, and, uh, well, sorry, with the, Navi mode. Yeah, with the exceptions of Jake, Norm, and a few select few others, all humans are expelled from Pandora and sent home. The sky people, as they are called, are told to leave. And Jake is permanently transferred into his avatar with the aid of the Tree of Souls because uh, Grace, she was shot, and unfortunately her body and mind were not strong enough. But Jake is able to. The film ends with his avatar's eyes opening and the screen cuts to black. Um, Navi it's, mode unlocked. Navi mode unlocked. unlocked. It's, it's go. It's go. It's go mode. Um, anyway, so that that uh, that's the basic plot of the film broken down. Sam Worthington stars as Jake Sully. Stephen Lang is Colonel Miles Quaritch. Sigourney Weaver is Dr. Grace Augustine. Michelle Rodriguez is Trudy Ch- Chacon. Ch- I, I, there's a weird. Um, I don't know. Uh, accent there. I don't know. Uh, Giovanni Ravisi plays Parker Selfridge. Uh, Joel David Moore is Norm Spellman. And uh, Dileep Rao, Rao as Dr. Max Patel. Uh, we also have Zoe Saldana as Natiri. Uh, CCH Pounder as Moat. West Studi. Shout out West Studi. I love West Studi. As Etu Khan, the uh, Omatakaya's clan leader and Natiri's father. And uh, Laz Alonzo as Tsute, who is the finest warrior of Umatakaya and who gives a lot of grief to Jake Sully uh, for the first uh, for the first little while. Um, but then eventually will r- rallies behind him uh, when he returns as Turok Mokto. Um, this film, uh, it, it made a lot of money. Um, the the total final, uh, box office for this film uh, as now <laughs> as of now is two point nine two three billion. Um, it is uh, a a insane amount of money, um, <clears throat> and and, uh, and it yes, as we said, it was the top selling film of all time, and it might be now again uh, the top selling film of a uh, film of all time uh, worldwide. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes gives it an 82%. Uh, Cinema Score gave it a grade of A. Um, uh, the uh, 
Roger Ebert called the film extraordinary and gave it four out of four stars. He said, watching Avatar, I felt the same. I felt sort of the same as when I saw Star Wars in 1977. Um, He added that like Star Wars and Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring, the film employs a new generation of special effects. And it is not simply a sensational entertainment, although it is that it is a technological breakthrough, technical big breakthrough. It has flat out green and uh, anti-war messaging, uh, which he really liked. Um, he said some people, obviously there was criticism sent at the script. Some people said the script is a little bit, uh, uh, is a little bit obvious, a little bit heavy handed, but that was part of what made it work. Uh, um, pretty much everyone said, you know, things like the screen is alive with more action and the soundtrack pops with more robust music than any dozen sci-fi shoot 'em ups you care to mention. Um, it extends the possibility of what movies can do. Cameron's talent may just be as big as his dreams. Um, the film is powerful, filled with visual accomplishments, but has some flat dialogue and obvious characterization. Um, <clears throat> uh, they said that in, a lot of people were drawn to it because of the 3D. There was a new 3D technology made for this film, Real yeah. D 3D. That's that's what this film made. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like I said earlier, all those movies that you see now in 3D. Yeah, it's because of this. And some movies that don't even deserve to be in 3D are in 3D because Big Jim made this technology, and now you can just do it. You can just do it. Like, why is the Super Mario movie going to be in 3D? It doesn't need to be, but they can because Big Jim gave them. The technology to do so so now you have super mario in 3d but i don't know i don't know, I don't know. but uh yeah there were some there were some uh, uh um conversations about what we had already talked about yeah. um the uh social and political Lord. three themes that attracted attention lots of people had a conversation about it um some people had reservations about it, said it was a mis, uh, misportrayal of, uh, of, of certain pantheistic religions and Eastern spirituality in general. Um, uh, there were people who said it was the, the, that the Avatar was this season's ideological Rorschach, Rorschach blot. Um, that's Michael Phillips from the Chicago Tribune. Um, it means that it was like people were reading different that everybody was reading it differently. Some people had some problems with the way that it was showed. Other people thought it was mm. uh, uh, praising and lauding the um, kind of certain types of religions in the world. Uh, also, uh, people um, cited similarities with other films, literature, media, uh, describing the perceived connections and ways ranging from simple borrowing to outright plagiarism. Uh Someone from the Boston Globe, Ty Burr, said it's exact. It's the same movie as Dances with Wolves, um, uh, uh, but ultimately, overall, the the critical response was this is was a banger. I mean, even Spe- even Steven Spielberg called it the most evocative, amazing science fiction movie since Star Wars. Others called it audacious and awe-inspiring, masterclass filmmaking, brilliant. Um, uh, some people didn't like it. Some people loved liked it, but the box office speaks for itself. 
Um, I mean, I was one of the detractors of when Avatar first came out. I was like, I don't really get it. And everybody tells me it's just Pocahontas and Dances with Wolves. And I've already seen those movies, so I don't need to see this thing. And then Q, 13 years later, I see it. I'm like, ah, shit, that was pretty sick. Why, why didn't I not watch this? I should have watched this. Why, why did I make that foolish move? But, uh, you know, I don't know. Yeah. I was I- also, like, kind of, like, uh, like, also, like, hesitant of, like, the whole spectacle thing. Like, I was like, this is gimmicky. I've all I've never really super been into like 3D movies, but uh, you know what? From now on, if it's Big Jim, I'll put I'll put I'll put this I'll put the glasses on. I'll put I'll put them on for him. If that's how he wants me to see, I'll, I'll see the way he wants me to see. I'll do it. Um. Yeah. It's uh. It's uh. And then we get into the new one. I'm not gonna stay too mm-hmm. long on this. I just my 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 final thoughts on on Avatar are that. If you if you are going to go see the second one or if you haven't watched the first one in a long time, you should go back and revisit it. It's better than you remembered. And the themes and things that they were uh, kind of alluding to and speaking on, even though at, at, at the time, and they still are very, very, very present and blunt in the film, um, the way that things have changed in our culture and, and in the world, um, there is a kind of new layer of context uh, for experiencing it and re-experiencing mm-hmm. it. And I think it's worth not only the spectacle, but it's worth going back and watching it again. I actually think that it's a great movie. And, um, and, uh, uh, and, and then the second one. Who boy. Ooh, well, I don't want to uh... spoil. I don't want to spoil too much about the second one. So I'm not going to do a plot review. We're not going to talk yeah, no. about any of that stuff. Because I don't want to ruin it for anybody who's watching it. But Big Jim took his 13 years, made the sequel and the next sequel. So like both yeah. both The Way of Water and whatever the next one are done. Because yeah. he filmed for I don't know how long mm-hmm. on both of them. Um, and uh, uh, he just took everything to the next level. Like literally everything, everything. <laughs> literally everything in, in this film, he was like, I'm going to make Avatar two the sequel. And you know what I'm going to do as, as big Jim does with many of his sequels, he goes, let's push the technology. Let's push, push it to new spaces. Let's, mm-hmm. let's make it bigger. I mean, I'll tell you guys the last hour of this movie is some of the best action I have ever seen in a movie. Oh yeah. <clears throat> like like yeah. Like literally cheering in the theater. People were and and it's really masterfully done because the second hour is like a Nat Geo documentary in Pandora in the oceans of Pandora. There's and like honestly, not- I'm here for it. I'm here for Moby Dick mode. I'm here for Big Jim's Moby Dick. I'm here for all those water freaks that you see, like except except for those bird snake water boys that swim and fly. Not not a fan of those. Those things freak me the fuck out. They, those things are pre- what they do is sick, but I I don't like their faces. But yeah, underwater creatures. Like here's the thing about Big Jim. Big Jim has literally and I, 
this is true. He has discovered new species of like underwater creatures because this guy like deep sea dives. He does. He went to Mariana's Trench and went along the bottom and he like uncovered like a new type of amoeba, a new type of like squid or some shit. Like, yeah. Big Jim knows what the freaks down deep look like. He's been with the freaks. Um, So he, uh, he, they announced the first two sequels in 2010 Mm -hmm. uh, following the widespread success of the first film. And the, the first sequel was aiming for a 2014 release. Um, then they added two more sequels for a total of five Avatar films. And in coming up with the story for those uh, and what where it was going, they needed to develop new technology in order to film the performance capture scenes underwater, which had never been accomplished before. So they were shooting mocap underwater. And it looks incredible. Like, the underwater scenes in this movie will leave you scratching your head as to how they did it. You, you feel like you did it. They filmed underwater. Uh, but still even kind of like creating that. Cause none of it is real. It's just like someone's no. swimming in a t- tub somewhere with yeah. minor props. And then somehow they managed to make it look, look, it looks real. It looks real. Yeah. Like this second, the first movie it looks it looks beautiful it looks it 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 there's mm-hmm. so much depth and so much but there were parts in this movie where especially once they got to the uh the the um uh met 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 water people. met Kaina, that's how it is pronounced met Kaina. the zoras Kaina. from zelda that's yeah. what they are blue samoans um yeah essentially <laughs> essentially they, yeah you are um, yeah correct. i mean they even do the tongue thing at one point um i, I was waiting the whole time for them to do a haka i, I really wanted a haka yeah it would have been sick but uh yeah, but then it would have been like people would have been like you're just you're literally just you know yeah you're literally just appropriating different like indigenous <laughs> cultures yeah but honestly i don't know an avatar haka Kind of sick, dude. I don't know. I, I'm just a big fan of hakas. They get yeah, me hyped oh, me up. me too. Like, I love it. I love when I see them. a haka, like when... Yeah, I, I love it. I, I love think it. Samoan culture got it right when they're like, just slap yourself and yell and you'll get so amped up and it'll just like bring good energy to everyone around you and, and scare your enemies. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, it works. Yeah. It's perfect. Hell yeah. So, so this film, uh, <laughs> they so there will be tentatively three more Avatar films. Um, the filming process uh, uh, for the second film, which occurred simultaneously with the currently untitled third film, which I believe is coming next year, uh, began uh, in August of 2017. And they finished in late September 2020 after three years of shooting uh, with an estimated budget of 350 to 460 million. It is one of the most expensive films ever made. Um, And uh, uh, people, uh, it it has, uh, it was released on the 16th of this month. It is already released or already grossed. $555.9 $555.9 million, and it was released last Damn. weekend. Um, yeah, it's wild. It is. Like, um, and for context, we're recording on Wednesday night right now. Yeah. 
So this was like we, we, we lied to you earlier when we said we were coming to you live. We're not. We lied. Yeah. We're, we're we're doing Christmas shit. Yeah. What do you think? <laughs> what do you think we're doing? Yeah, we're with <laughs> we our family. We put a, we put a little fib on you. Put a little fib. So yeah, as of as of December twenty first, eight eight at night, this thing's made half a billion dollars already. Yeah, um, and uh, and it has been uh, nominated for uh, Golden Globes. Um, and, uh, and it has, uh, uh, you know, know, the special effects are probably going to clean up like, you know, the big like awards haven't been announced yet, but like this movie is probably going to clean up in terms of like special effects and like, you know, all, all the technical stuff. Cause the fucking design of way of water is like crazy, dude, the way it sounds, the way. It looks like you, f- man, if you thought the first one was like, oh man, I'm in the sky. I'm on this bird thing. It's crazy. This time you're like, holy shit, I'm in the ocean, dude. This is crazy. Like, yeah. it, I've never seen a movie do something so like original and like sort of like breath. Like, I don't know. Cause there's never been a movie like this that's like underwater unless it's like an animated fish movie like unless it's like finding nemo there's never been a movie really set underwater that's in water like it's 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 just a it's a whole new thing to see like this is you've never seen anything like it the truly there's not a movie that exists that does what this movie does yeah um and this this film uh, unlike the like this film finds Jake Sully uh more than a, a a decade after uh the the events of the first film he's a family man uh he has got kids he's got kids he's got adopted kids uh and again I don't want to give too much away one of them's a human he swears like he's like a 15 year old skater from LA it's really weird um but it's kind of yeah endearing. there's I don't mo- know. It's, he's, yeah for some reason one of the characters is actually just jungle boy from AEW wrestling it's weird they just sort of like yeah let's make a jungle boy character they just but like, he's, they but just like them. he's kind of sick though too i mean he made me he's mad tight. But he's yeah so anyway um the, the this he has a family and guess what oh no sky people are back this time they're back and they brought their they're in their bag they're like, you know what? We're not, we're not just gonna dig on this planet anymore. We're gonna colonize it because we're just we're just gonna move here because the Earth is just yeah. absolutely wrecked. So they pull up, and Jake's like, we gotta, we gotta leave, we gotta go, because like we're they want to kill us, and they're mm-hmm. gonna kill everybody in our tribe to get us, and so they leave, and that first okay so here's my main gripe with the film that first hour could have been its own film that whole that first hour where we're introduced to the family um you know they explain the whole mystery surrounding the the uh uh birth of kiri of of uh from from dr grace augustine's avatar um but yes sigourney weaver is playing a 15 year old navi in this film um and it's it's kind of weird but it's it's kind of sick too she's like a manic pixie 
uh navi girl like it's it's really weird she's got like magic powers anyway um again try not to spoil a a whole lot of it um but he uh quaritch is back um in a very um you know uh they saved his brain and put him in in a a very avatar way yes (laughs) in a very avatar way and he's pissed because you know the original him died fighting uh, Natiri and he wants revenge and, uh, and the humans want Jake removed uh, because he was the leader, the unifying force that allowed the Navi to fight back against them before. And, uh, and they're, they're there, they're setting up, they're building a city. They're getting ready to bring more people from earth here. They want to control and quell the Navi uh, and uh, they're bu- building an economy. Um, so over the course of a couple, uh, I, I can't remember how exactly long, um, but uh, over the course of, of, I think, a year or two, um, you're shown, we're shown, you know, the Navi attacking, uh, like fighting guerrilla style, attacking resource, resource lines. Um, they have, there's a scene where a, they derail a train, uh, and and uh, and you're slowly introduced to the rest of the kids and family and all that stuff. I think that that whole first part could have been like a whole movie, and I feel like it probably was. And then I feel it, like yeah, I feel like he was like, no, no, no we're gonna cut it down. It'll be the intro, and then the first like forty five minutes, and then we'll move over to the. Uh, we'll move over to the. Then we go water mode. Yeah, then we go water mode. Uh, and I think I think that that's in 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 a certain way, that's kind of the weakest part of the film, where it's like at the start you're like, oh my god, we're back, yeah, and you get, oh, Jake has kids now and everything's good, and then all of a sudden it's like, boom, humans are back, all these things are happening. Yeah. What the hell, Quaritch is back. Why is this? They're derailing a train. Oh, um, what's her name from the the, the I mean, uh, but it introduces like all the characters, all their like, you know, all their sort of archetypes, you know. And then you also get that sick action sequence with the train. Like for there's a fucking train heist in the fucking avatar. Yeah, it's, it's insane. It, it is dude. sick. It's, like it was sick. Like I'm not saying it's not sick. I just feel like if I had to I log- think it what it had to do, what that whole intro of the 45 minutes is, is that I think that's Big Jim's way of saying, okay, you haven't seen Avatar in 13 years, okay? We, you, some people probably won't rewatch Avatar. So we need to show you the Pandora that you think you know, right? So you have to, you know, face within that. that. And then, you know, after 40 minutes, then he's like, psych, this is what I actually wanted to do. Water, bitch. That's, you know, curveball. I think I don't, and I I get it. Like I understand. I just that's if I had to level any kind of critique on it, it's that yeah. I felt like you know there's no way they were going to give him another half an hour. They're not. He's not putting out another a four hour Avatar. But if if you took that and and you cut lopped that off, leading up to them leaving, and you added another forty five minutes of being in Pandora and exploring his family and exploring the colonization and all that stuff leading to the first interaction with Quaritch where they capture the kids and do all that stuff in the jungle that that could have been 
a film in, unto itself and it would have worked perfectly fine. I understand why he did it the way that he did. And that after the first hour, it's like, okay, we're going ocean mode. We're going tropical yeah. seaside villa mode. Like, you know, <laughs> we're going, yeah. we're, we're going whales that have Samoan tattoos mode, space whales that have Samoan tattoos mode, you know, like we're, we're going crazy. He's we're going locking it all. Yeah. yeah. We're going nuts. And so like, I, I understand it. And, and I think that probably on a rewatch, I would might enjoy a bit more, but I felt the first hour was like very going very, very, very fast. And then the second hour, it slows down to a, an almost dragging tone for that hour where you're reintroduced to the, the, um, the, way the people the 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 uh metkaina tribe clan who are a water based navi who have different physiology who have different ways of living they believe in the way of water that water connects us all that it's birth and death and all of these things together and yeah. uh and i think and it, and it, there's a lot of time and care spent building up this kind of part of that because i think the next movie will be heavily uh uh about more about the way of water and water there will be more underwater stuff and uh and and that that's that this is very important to him i'm sure we will probably see other kind of allusions and allegories to the different mm -hmm. elements perhaps a volcano of some sort or uh you know they have to fight yeah. in caves well, later or something. I don't know yeah, what he's going to do. Well, yeah, if you're going by the Zelda logic, you know, you did the forest temple. Now you got the water temple. So now you got to do the fire temple. And then eventually you got to do the temple of time or something. So then he'll start doing the Avatar multiverse, I guess. Who knows what's <laughs> going on? But I feel like he's if you, ha you have to keep one-upping this shit because this movie... Yeah, just the spectacle of the second act and, like, just how beautiful it is. And then just the batshit, completely out of left field, bonkersness <laughs> yeah. of the third act. Okay, the third act, if you're going with a child, you're going to have to put, like, you're going to have to fucking... Yeah, don't... It's don't not a family see, movie. And do, all of a sudden, he was yeah. just like, fuck it, I'm going alien and true lies mode. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> yeah, we should say, if you if you are taking your children to see this, in the last hour, there are limbs being re removed from bodies. In the sickest ways. There are, there are people... Look, there's a part. I'll spoil this one part. There is a part where Natiri, in a uh, blood rage, uh, begins murdering people just one after the other. Uh, and she, she shoots her arrow at a man and it sticks him through him into the wall. She pulls the arrow with him attached off of the wall shoots it again through him like into with his body another. attached to it yeah into another man and then the guy that had the arrow in him falls down and the other guy is now on the wall and it and it's 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 like really violent like really yeah, it, it like you see the whole thing like it's it's surprisingly violent um and it, and and you know and it obviously sets up for whatever is going to happen in the next one uh and and uh and you know you are introduced to plenty of new characters from the new tribe there is some 
burgeoning romances between some of the uh, children of Jake Sully and uh, and the, the some of the children of the uh, Metkayina tribe or clan or whatever they're called. I keep I'll just yeah, um, the water people, the water, water people. tribe. Yeah. Um, and obviously there are some really, really uh, high level actors that are brought in in roles in this film that we didn't see uh, as much of as I as I thought. But I guarantee you probably in the next film you will like Kate Winslet is uh, uh, the queen of the uh, um, water people, water people and. <laughs> Ronal uh, Winslet has said that Ronal's character is a pivotal character in the ongoing story, um, mm-hmm. but relatively small comparative to the lengthy shoot. Um, but uh, but she plays a, she's important later on. Um, she also held her breath for over seven minutes in one of the underwater scenes. Uh, it's just a new record for any film scene shot underwater. So you know, shout out Kate Winslet and her lungs. Um, Goddamn! Everybody in this people. film had to learn free free diving. Everybody in this film had to take extensive extensive training because there were shots in this in in these films that are you know three four five minutes long, completely underwater. Uh, they had to create a new sign language, a form of Navi sign language that the characters use underwater because they can't speak. So there's a whole new form of dialogue that's added to the film that was created for this movie. Um, not, not to mention the new locale, different colors, very tropical, very beautiful. The reefs that they swim in are filled with bioluminescent creatures of all shapes and sizes. Then you have the giant space whales, which are incredibly intelligent and form lifelong bonds with the Metkayina people. Uh, and uh, and one of them, uh, who is an outcast, forms a bond with another outcast of the Metkayina people. Uh, we'll leave it to you to to see that and to to get involved. But then that whale thing, whatever whatever they're called, he winds up being a major part of the action in the final act, and and rips like it just goes absolutely mm-hmm. nuts. And you'll see it and go, "What the hell? This is the greatest shit I've ever seen." <laughs> like it's it's just there's so much the highs of this movie are like almost like reaching nirvana yeah (laughs) there's so many times where i got like giddy in my seat like i was like oh Um, i was i yeah there is and just some shots like with the you know the one part when ah fuck it just, just in the a, final battle sequence, just with the ship and how the ship gets cleared out, just blew my mind. I was like, didn't see that coming. That's so tight, though. But, uh, yeah, yeah it's just, a, oh, man. Y- y'all got to go see it. Y- y'all got to go see this movie in 3D. And because, uh, you know, we we did our part in supporting Big Jim and giving him more money to, you know, he's going to feel he's going to be the first one to film a movie in space, probably. Like, he, it would make sense. He's the only person I would trust to do that so go give big jim your money and you know you won't be disappointed with this movie three hours run length who gives a shit you know even even big jim was like people sit and binge watch shows for like five hours straight you'll be fine you'll be fine 
Okay. And yeah. it plays beautifully. Like, you know, I, I drank a large Coke. I had a half a bag of fucking large popcorn. I didn't even, I wasn't even worried about having to piss or anything, man. This movie captivates you. It holds you. Yes. Now, Rotten Tomatoes gives it a little bit less of a score, 78%, with an average rating of 7.1. Um, the cinema score, though, get, did give it an A as well. 91% of audience member gave members gave the film a positive score with 82 saying they would definitely recommend it. A lot of critics called it awesome and uh, saying it may not be the most intricately made or intellectually rigorous motion picture, but exemplifies what cinematic means today. Um, uh, in terms of visuals, uh, James uh, Berardinelli, that's the guy who the quote that that, last one was from he also said he'd never be able to adequately describe the leap forward that way of water takes it's as close to virtual reality virtual reality as can be obtained in a movie theater the overall narrative has a familiar quality but the storyline is sufficiently engaging to the care and the characters all have arcs uh some people complain that this film has too many characters the introduction of the many children um some of people said that the children kind of have child trope uh there's some some children that kind of rely on these tropes um which i can see the point but it it furthers the film i mean you don't get the explosive blood rage without certain characters being a certain way leading to certain events happening um uh but it is someone called it genuine thrills provided by pioneering pageantry while noticing uh while noting the per Versity of preaching for a small environmental footprint with a production this inordinately large, um, dizzyingly spectacular sequel, miraculously sustained combat sequences, scenes that will make your eyes pop, your head spin, and your soul race, and state-of-the-art 3D never in your face, just images that look and feel sculpted that make the film's every underwater glide feel as expensive experiential as the one you're literally on um uh people did say uh, uh, that the story is basic string of cliches bare bones dialogue um it's it's pretty much the same response to the first one that the di the, the the dialogue and story fairly basic the themes while a bit more nuanced are still relatively the same environmentalism understanding and being part of the environment the colonialism and imperialism um but this one also adds themes of revenge themes of family protection um themes of finding yourself for a lot of the children their their the the their character arcs are about self-discovery and becoming confident in themselves um uh but uh you know, I think that even with my criticisms that I said about the first hour leading into the second hour, the kind of pacing changes that happen that I wish that there was a bit more put into the first hour to kind of like flush out certain things. I still was on the edge of my seat the whole time. And in fact, I feel like that middle hour where it slows down a little bit, you get some of the most beautiful cinematography, some of the mm -hmm. most the most be beautiful and interesting creatures. It really is like a Nat Geo documentary, mm -hmm. but then all of a sudden when it kicks into gear in that last like hour and 10 minutes or yeah. 50 minutes or however long it is that last chunk 
with the it's the, the most bonkers yeah, run in a it, movie. It like, just keeps getting higher and higher and higher and more intense and more intense, and uh, and then all of it happening on water, in water, underwater. They have crabs, crab mechs. They they have mech mechs that look like crabs, and they chase them. I through love a, those mechs. A, a Pandoran kelp field, all underwater. It's it's yeah. sick. It's disgusting. It's amazing. It's James Cameron going, I have this idea and I will make it no matter what I'm going to. And he's and it's self-referential to many of his other films that he's done. He's using all of the techniques that he's pioneered on all of his other films and smashing them together in new and exciting ways. And then expanding the lore of Pandora and not to mention how much better the, uh, the CGI is. You see mm-hmm. these characters come out of the water and you see water going down their face and you can see the pores. Yeah. Like it's of the blue crazy. alien people, man. Like what? N- none of this exists. <laughs> like it's so yeah. insane. Like just thinking about that alone, none of that exists. None of that. None of the movie exists. None of the landscapes, none of the, nothing. None of it exists. It was all made. Yeah. Like it's mind blowing. And then all the underwater scenes, the animals and the way that he uses kind of depth of field where all of a sudden a fish will come in the side of this scene and get close to the lens of the camera. And and then it makes you feel with the 3D that you're like actually in the water with them. Yeah, like the texture, like that kelp scene where they're like going through all that shit. Like you feel like you're going through like bushes. Like it's it's fantastic. It's visually breathtaking. Yeah. Real. Like for real. I I don't say that lightly. Like it is truly a visually breathtaking film. Like it's insane. I was thoroughly shocked to be like like I, I, you know, I was properly anticipating this movie to be, you know, one of visually stunning, but like I was blown away. It was above and beyond what I thought was possible right now. Yeah, it's, and then the, we we didn't even get into the frame rate stuff. Like he filmed the underwater scenes at a certain frame rate to yeah. uh, emphasize the underwaterness of it all. Um, there's multiple instances in the film where the frame rate does change. I think mm-hmm. the, another criticism that I might make that I might level towards it is that at times the changing frame rates, uh, when you could tell when it was happening and it gave it almost like a video game cutscene quality. Uh, and it didn't take away from the film itself, but I, I don't think it was as seamless as, as James Cameron thought it was going to be, you know what I mean? Like there are a couple instances where when the, the frame rate changes, you get that kind of video gamey. Yeah. I know feel about. to it, um, yeah. which didn't take away from the film. And I think probably if you were watching it, obviously that's probably enhanced by the 3d. Like I think if you were watching it in yeah. 2d, it would be a little less visible. Like you wouldn't, mm-hmm. I think the 3d, uh, and on a big screen, it becomes a lot more um, uh, visible, and 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 uh, and and it's a lot, it's a lot more um, obvious. I think probably mm-hmm. if you're watching it on a 2D screen, like at home on a TV, it wouldn't be as uh, in your face. But that's one of the things where I was like, look, like in sacrifice, I can, I will sacrifice that to the masterwork of everything else. 
You know what I mean? Some of the dialogue in this movie, I was like, yeah, this is kind of like, you can tell he was just like, yeah, just have him say something mean. Oh, I'm going to get that. Yeah. I'm going to get that Jake Sully. Huh? Cause, cause like, oh, I'm never going to die twice or whatever he says. And I'm like, oh, this is stupid, but I will, I will, I will allow, I will sacrifice that for everything else. Like it is a visual marvel. And and it is truly like the highest form of cinema spectacle, um, and and you know, and it was fun. That's the other thing too. We had a fun time, like that was a great time in the theater, yeah. and uh, and we had moments where we laughed at the absurdity of some things. We had moments where we all cheered in the action sequences or when certain things happened. And we had moments where we were all slack jawed in awe of how beautiful some of the shots are. Like some of the underwater scenes and some of the stuff that he does, uh, uh, especially, um, and, and some of the, like, there's a scene where there's a, a kind of wailing scene that's, yeah. that's quite moving and quite upsetting. And it's really both emotional, but like white knuckled and, and there's action to yeah. it. I, I don't know. There's, James Cameron just did his damn thing with this one. If you like mm-hmm. the first one, or if you care at all about the technologies involved in cinema and the, yeah. the future of cinema, you got to go see this film. It's beautiful. It's got a lot of action. It's got, you know, some very familiar stories, but themes that I think were more, per- more personal and widely um, accessible than the first one. The first one was more just like, oh, I'm learning to love this culture and I'm I he, Jake Sully's learning to love this culture and he has his use of his legs again and he's in an avatar. And I think that that's like, you know, that those are cool, but not a lot of people can relate to those. But the stuff in this one, like protecting your family and accepting outsiders and and doing, you know, and doing your best to raise your children uh, and having misunderstood relationships with some of your children and things like that. Like these are more kind of like nuanced themes that are applicable mm-hmm. to a lot more people. So I feel like there's a little bit more accessibility in this one. Mm-hmm. Um, then there's also the whole Sigourney Weaver is a 15 year old uh, Navi who might be Jesus Christ. Yeah, she could be, but we don't know. <laughs> she knows? might be Navi Jesus. We don't know. Um, and that uh, whole thing obviously will be explored more later. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of things. Yeah. This is very much a second movie. It's a sequel. It ups the ante, but like it still leaves, you know, open-endedness for the sequels. And you're still, I'm still cap. Like, I'm like, where are they going to go? Where's Jim going to go with the next one? Cause it's like, who knows? Maybe he made lava cameras. You don't know what this guy did. Like, or they can maybe they'll go to like the fucking Arctic or something and they'll figure out a way how to like film. I don't know. He's there's probably something wild that they did that, that hasn't been disclosed yet. And once once it comes out, you're gonna be like, oh shit, that's how they up that one. Like, I don't know. Yeah, Who you never you never knows? really do know. Like and in James number Cameron. two or number three, it's going to have uh, David Thewlis is going to be in number three. Michelle Yeoh is going to be in number three. 
uh, Vin Diesel announced that he was going to be in number three. I don't know if that's true or not. Vin Diesel says wild shit all the time. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, no, like I'm stoked. It, apparently it's already done. It's already finished filming. So now they're just in post-production. So unless he needs to decides to take a couple years to invent better CGI or something, I don't know. Uh, like who knows? Who knows? He, he can take all the time in the world if it's going to deliver the way this number two went. Because I think number two is by far much better than the first one. But that's my opinion. So nope, I'm going to say that uh, I think just the all-around experience of seeing it in the theater, being nice and toasty, seeing it in a theater, uh, yeah, just absolutely blew me away. Blew me away, for sure. Uh, yeah, it was it was it was a great time at the movies. Just good, a lot of fun. Go mm-hmm. into it, try and see as little spoilers as you can, um, and enjoy it. Uh, the third film uh, will be uh, 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 much like the others, directed, written, co-produced, and co-edited by James Cameron. Uh, it'll be the sequel to The Way of Water, uh, and it will be coming out uh, on uh, December 20th, 2024. Um, and then there is supposed to be um, a sequel on the in December of 2026, and December of 2028, respectively. Uh, yes, David Thewlis is is in his role is undisclosed, but uh, he has mentioned that he has a lot to do in the films. His role requires motion capture, and that he will be featured in Avatar three to five. Um, and his character is a Navi, I guess. Uh, and the only other, yeah, Michelle Yeoh is supposed to be in, um, and Jermaine Clement, who is in this film. Uh, who for some reason, even though the ship captain had an Australian accent, Jermaine Clement uh, had an English accent, and it was like the weirdest thing I've ever seen, or like an American accent. Uh, and I guess we'll mm-hmm. see more of Edie Falco, who is featured in in the uh, yeah. uh, in yeah, the see, way Carmella of water. Just pull up what's yeah, weird with her weird Khan. meth coffee. The Navi are Khan. coming. <laughs> Um, what the fuck you doing with the Navi? Huh? Why, why are you talking to a fucking Navi, Calm, huh? Why don't you just go back, okay? I'll deal with the fucking Navi. You stay inside, okay? I'm not talk. I'm not screwing the fucking therapist. What are you talking about? Get over. You fuck off. No. <laughs> um, if they have Tony Soprano Navi, man, I'm in. Um, yeah, the... Uh, uh... Uh, I guess another thing that we we haven't I didn't really talk about, but it has to do with the way of water is that um, in that they wrote the sequels to Avatar uh, all together. They were the sequels were were um, kind of uh, he brought together a bunch of different screenwriters, Josh Friedman, Rick Jaffa and Amanda Silver and Shane Salerno uh, for the sequels. Um, uh, I guess they are all working, uh, <clears throat> simultaneously. Um, and they, you know, they worked out all the beats to the story across all of the films. So it connects a sort of a three film saga that's, uh, uh, before they added the two other, um, 
sequels. So I don't know, or maybe it was three sequels and then one of them got turned into two because it's uh, such a big story. Um, but uh, in 2017, Cameron announced that the writing of all four sequels was complete um, and uh, took four years to write overall, working with each of the writers uh, so that all the stories, uh, as I said, connects as a one, three film or multi-film saga. Um, and that also caused the delay in release of this film because he was writing all of these sequels all at once and it took longer than expected. Um, and uh, he uh, uh, stated that the, the sequels will be a natural extension of all the themes and the characters and the spiritual undercurrents of the, uh, of the first one. Basically, if you love the first movie, you're going to love these movies. If you hated it, you're going to, probably hate these if you loved it at the time and you later said you hated it you're probably gonna love these uh he uh compared the sequels Optimist. to the godfather franchise calling it a generational family saga it's a continuation of the same characters and about what happens when warriors willing to go on suicide charges and leap off cliffs under the backs of big orange turks grow up and have their own kids and now the kids are change makers it's interesting so obviously these uh, these characters who are these young children are going to go on to play in an important role. I may even speculate to think that perhaps Jake Sully dies at the end of the third one and uh, and one of his children or many of his children take up his his arms against the uh, the imperialistic humans, uh, which would lead to a uh, a two film finale maybe or i don't know how he's gonna do know. it who knows um, um yeah i'm other thing like other than the sequels apparently they're also wor like they're working on avatar frontiers of pandora of, like which it seems is supposed to be like an open world avatar video game for like current generation which would be sick uh because i was I think it's mainly just because I was, I've kind of like, it would probably just play a lot kind of like how Horizon plays because Horizon Forbidden West is fucking sick. It has a sick open world and you can fly, you can swim. It very much uh, video game wise kind of tickled my fancy for uh, an Avatar game. So if it's more or less just the same mechanics as like uh, Horizon Forbidden West, but just like on Pandora, I'm sign me up. I'm here yeah, for I'm that. In. I'm, in. I'm in on it. I'm in on, I mean, I'm in on an uh, open world uh, Navi. Uh, I think that'd be sick if it's done right. If it's done right. Yeah. I gotta say if it's done yeah. right. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't know what else to say about this. Uh, I no. rewatching the first film. I thought it's aged very well. I think it still looks yeah. amazing. Uh, they obviously did remaster it and re-release it. If you watch it on uh, Disney plus, you're watching the 4k or 8K or whatever K number K remaster, but uh, but it does look good. Um, uh, uh, or maybe it was the remaster the one that came out this month? I might be lying. But let me let me take a look. Let me just double check this because I don't want to mislead you guys. Um, well, yeah, it's been remastered like because he redid it last year to then build anticipation for the one coming out this year. So. Yes, yes. And it was re-released last year and re-released earlier this year. 
in September, which had the 4K high dynamic range. Um, but uh, uh, it is available on uh, um, the um, on Disney Plus, uh, and that version is the one that I watched, and it looks really good. The 2D version, I didn't rewatch it in 3D, obviously. Um, but yeah, no, that rewatching that was a lot of fun. It's aged really well, in my opinion. And it's actually held up a lot better than I thought it would. There's all these jokes, as I said, about people saying it's the most forgettable film and it's how funny it is that it's the was the highest grossing film of all time and nobody can remember anything about it. Um, I think that's partially because it's such a spectacle. You just don't know where to look a lot of the times. You have to watch it a few times to really understand, like, you know, everything. Um, but I think that's what you get when you're dealing with somebody who's like, hey, check out how masterfully I made this flower look, you know, yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, and then the second one was just uh, that last hour, just crush it up and inject it right into my veins. Like that last hour was like the craziest, one of the craziest things I've seen in a movie theater and to have it happen right after an hour of like what seemed like a leisurely time at the beach, mm -hmm. uh, in Pandora, I was on like an at an all inclusive, learning how yeah. learning the way of the water with the people, uh, and then all of a sudden it goes like uh, Moby Dick mode and and also like uh, blood rage murder murder mode and people flying on flying fish. Uh, it's just crazy. It's just nuts. Like I'm I'm not I'm not I don't want to spoil all of it. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, it was it's it it was so much fun at the theater, and I really enjoyed it. Um, yeah. It's it's the gift that keeps on giving is Avatar. It's you know it just keeps coming back, and you know every every couple of years unwrap it, re immerse yourself in it, and uh, yeah, yeah, it's a good holiday movie. Oh. Sure, we didn't talk about a Christmas movie, but you know what? We talked about a fucking gift. We talked about Big Jim's big box of fucking gifts. Yes. So open one up and enjoy it. And <laughs> what are you going to say? Oh, I was just <laughs> going to say before I end, I wanted to talk about one funny story that happened to me because I hope that this somehow, if this gets back to these people, uh, because they obviously oh, loved yeah. Avatar. So to talk about the people say people forgot about this movie and all this stuff. I don't think people really did. I think many no. people became enamored with the, the, uh, life on Pandora and the and the world of the Navi, um, so much so that uh, many people, I guess, learned the language and uh, and really yeah. felt connected to these characters. Um, and uh, I know this is true because I uh, years ago I went to a Halloween party uh, in the year I think 2015 or 2016. It could have been 2014. I'm not exactly sure, but it was while I was at university where we met each other otis and uh i was at a a, a party uh and um and there were two people at the party that were in like movie quality navi costumes like mm -hmm. looked like real navi and they and they were talking in the navi language to people and to each other and i was like these guys really love avatar like this is crazy yeah. they just love avatar and their costumes were sick like i'm not even gonna lie they were i'm not fronting they were sick were like, they, they on had the, still 
I don't know. No, I don't think so. But they had the face prosthesis to make their nose look like the flat avatar nose. And like they had like the ears and stuff like that. Like it was, they went all out, man. And, uh, and so later the party goes on and everything's fine and good. And at some point I misplaced one of my friends. Um, and it was near the end of the night. And, uh, I think we were getting ready to leave and I happened to go running through the house to try and find all of the people that we came with. And I went to the back room and I opened the door because I heard some people in there talking. Uh, and so I was like, oh, maybe they're in there just like sitting there chatting. And I opened the door and the two people in the Navi costumes were mid, uh, coitus, um, Austin uh, cheeks. Yeah. Clapping cheeks. And, uh, mm -hmm. and, and she was on top of him and he was on the couch and they were speaking Navi to each other while banging. <laughs> and I was just like, Oh my God. Oh my God. Anyway. Dude, so I wanted to shout those horny. two. I hope you guys got married. I hope the priest officiated in Navi and I hope you guys went and saw avatar two and had the greatest time of your life. I bet. And afterwards, then absolutely <laughs> popped afterwards. Yeah, I bet afterwards that, that bedroom was shaken. Um, but yeah, you get was, tails connected. Yeah. God damn. Their souls are speaking to each other. But yeah, so that's a story about how at a Halloween party uh, in the mid 2010s, I walked in on two full, uh, fully uh, movie quality Navi costume Navi people, a couple having sexual intercourse and speaking Navi. And I'm pretty sure that what she, they were saying to each other was, I see you over and over again, which is like the wildest thing I've ever experienced. And I remember I was frozen with like fear. And then I was like, uh, and then I just shut the door and left. And then I went outside and I started yeah. laughing and I was like, you guys won't believe what I just saw. Uh, anyway, I hope they are having the time of their life with avatar <laughs> too. And uh, thank you for, for thank you, James Cameron for creating the world that inspired these people to do this and have give me one of the funniest, weirdest experiences I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's about it. As yeah. Otis said, Big Jim's given us some gifts. Unwrap them, enjoy them. And uh, we will be back next week for the uh, 2022 Bird Report, um, which will be a, 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 a probably a little long because uh, there's yeah. a lot of good stuff that came out. I think I said that last week. Aside from that, yeah. have a Merry Christmas, a Happy Holidays. Be safe out there. Uh, tell your, your friends and family you love them. Enjoy. Uh, show kindness. And, uh, and uh, oh, and whoever that guy was who smacked that Chinese food out of my hand in the mall, you're not, you're, you're a dick. I don't wish you Merry Christmas. I hope he doesn't yeah. have a good Christmas. But uh, everybody else, have a Merry Christmas and uh, and enjoy yourselves out there. Otis, do you have any uh, final thoughts? Uh, I just want to say uh, to whoever did not uh, replenish the toilet paper in the men's washroom at Conestoga Mall today, you're on a list. <laughs> I'm watching you. Yeah, we have, we have a vendetta about <laughs> malls right now because it just seems like yeah. every time you go to the mall, some weird guy ruins your day. Um, yeah. Yeah, the Chinese food smacker in the uh, toilet, the the uh, whoever didn't refill the toilet paper, you're on a list. Mm -hmm. We're coming after you. No, watching I'm... you. It's on site. <laughs> <laughs> it's on site if I see you. Uh, no, um, that's pretty much it. I hope you guys have a yeah. fantastic uh, 
Christmas and holiday. We'll be back with the bird report next week. And, uh, and then we're on to a brave new world, much like Pandora, the year 2023. All right. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram at P A L M R E A D R. That's Palm reader without the last E. And uh, yeah. where can they find you? I'm just, uh, Instagram Otis Morris dude. Uh, yeah. Uh, what else is there? I don't know. Watch my music video for wasted flesh. That's on YouTube. Listen to cavernous. Listen to uh, on infinite repeat. Listen to uh, all the stuff that all our friends uh, put out in the uh, uh, past year. Uh, you know, run it up in the last couple of weeks. I don't know. Just be kind. Do do fun stuff with friends. Oh That's yeah, all. yeah, all yeah. Do yeah, yeah. Do that. Uh, <laughs> I uh, uh, <laughs> all right, everybody. Remember, initiate the protocol, and uh, I see you. Peace. Yeah. Peace out. <laughs>